0: Live from Michigan, it's GK Musings. I
1: kind of knew you were gonna go that direction, George. (laughs) Yeah. And I was gonna be disappointed if you didn't go that way. I was gonna chastise you, but no, you came through. Well done.
0: All right, good work. I'm I'm predictable. I, I gotta, I gotta be careful there too. But, but yeah, it was really the only way to go.
1: Right. That is George Chapel. I am Keystone. This is George and Keith Musings. And I think we're getting back into our wheelhouse. Yeah, we like to solve the world's problems, we love to educate our listeners. But our wheelhouse, really, George, is our opinions and top 10 lists.
0: I I tend to agree with you. That seems to be what our our, our fans uh, kind of seem to dig the most.
1: Yep. That's what we've built our fortune on so far. So you got to go back to that. Well, if it works for you today's top 10 list is best, our favorite, whatever, probably our favorite Saturday Night Live recurring characters.
0: Uh, I kind of, I, I went Saturday Night Live characters, Slight, slightly different, but I, I think we're, I think we're kind of like in the, in the same, same, uh, think, thinking more or less the same way. Well, I think on my list,
1: surprisingly, one of them only appeared once, but um, uh, everybody
0: else has been on multiple times. Then I, then I think we're, I think we're seeing eye to eye on this one because I know I, I have, a. Uh, one guy that was a single appearance as well I I'll kind of be surprised if it's not the same guy uh, me too but uh, well I guess we'll just have to wait and find out okay
1: you go first
0: uh, okay well b- before I before I get into this list I think I you know say and I think you're kind of looking at it the same way uh, I've kind of gotten away from Saturday night live in recent years I don't know who a lot of the the current characters are my list is very very heavy on the uh character from like the 70s through the 90s so that's that's where i'm going to be kind of focusing most of my stuff here
1: me too but it is those are the best characters you can't tell me yeah
0: yeah there you go okay so
1: coming yeah we can't number, stay up we can't stay up that late anymore george n-
0: no no i yeah that, that's way past my bedtime and right. you know, don't okay, don't bother. I'm sorry. Yeah, anyways. Coming in at number 10 on my list, we go we go back to the 1970s for this guy. Uh played by Bill Murray and I always loved seeing seeing when Nick the Lounge Singer would come on and and start singing songs to everyone in the bar. Nick the Lounge Singer, he was this guy played by Bill Murray that would just kind of like bring his microphone around, walk around uh, this, uh, you know, the bar and, and sing songs to people. It's probably his, his most noted song that I remember was when he put lyrics to the Star Wars theme. We all remember how popular Star Wars was back in the 70s, and he'd come out and he'd sing <laughs> Star Wars, nothing but Star Wars. Give me those Star Wars, don't let them in. But that that's that's my that's my most memorable song that he sang. But he actually appeared in nine or in eleven different uh, uh, Saturday Night Live episodes, and he had a different name in each one. And I wrote down. I just got to. I'll write down each of his names here for you. His, huh. his name. Well, his his first name was Nick in every one, but he was Nick Summers. The next time he was Nick Winters. Then he was Nick Springs. And he was Nick Sands, Nick Rails, Nick Wings, Nick Borealis, Nick Collins, Nick Lava, Nick Rivers, and Nick Slammer. So he's always, he's always Nick the Lounge Singer, but he had a different last name in each episode.
1: I did not know that. Boy, George, you've done, I'm going to be embarrassed with the uh, <laughs> lack of research I've done compared to you.
0: Okay, well, well you know, we're we're all in this together. So uh, what do you what do you got for your number ten guy?
1: My number ten, if I said Tommy Flanagan, you might not know who I'm talking about. Okay. Do you I'm, know who I'm talking about?
0: I is that Tommy boy?
1: No. Nope.
0: Okay. Tommy then Flanagan
1: is the pathological liar played by oh, John Lovett.
0: Okay. John love it. That's a great one. Yeah.
1: And his his thing was, you know, he'd be telling the story. Telling, I go, yeah, that's the ticket. And uh, <laughs> he was always his girlfriend was always Oregon oh, Fairchild.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: And that. So yeah. he appeared in nineteen episodes. And as far wow. as I know, his name was Tommy Flanagan in all.
0: I see. I didn't know that. I always just thought he was the pathological liar. I, I really liked the guy, and he was kind of a, a cultural phenomenon for a while and then in the 90s. Well, You'd hear, you hear a lot of people that kind of would, would mimic that. So well, was,
1: that's, the, that's the key to all these characters, is they had yeah. catchphrases, and they were catchphrases that were repeated all the time.
0: Uh, I, agree, I agree. I agree. And that's kind of why they, they stick with you over, over the decades, isn't it? Right. Okay. Number nine. Okay, number nine. Number nine. I'm, you know, over looking over my list, and this is might be the most recent character on the list. And I think this character is still twenty years old, so that gives you an idea of where I'm coming from. But uh, uh, Detroit's own Tim Meadows, was a long, long-standing uh, player on Saturday Night Live, and one of one of his characters that I always really liked was the ladies man he was leon his name was leon phelps he was leon phelps the ladies man and he would basically have this show where he would just you know like drink uh Cuvassier uh brandy i, I guess that's a type of brandy He was always it was always Cavassier and he'd be sipping that and he and he'd always have some he'd have i think it was like a call-in show and then people would call in and ask him questions and he'd always get really excited when a woman would call in because it's It's a lady. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, you know, you always say, you know, really inappropriate things about how he likes a woman with a big butt and, you know, just kind of, you know, the kind of guy that would, would, I'm sure he would probably get called down to HR on pretty much a daily basis if he was, uh, if he was employed in today's world. So, but uh, Leon Phelps, the ladies man is my number nine.
1: Well done. Okay, good. Uh, My number nine are Hans and Franz, because they right. are here to pump you up.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah,
1: Kevin Kevin Nealon and Dana Carvey were right. playing like Schwarzenegger-like figures. They, uh, they definitely had the Austrian accent like uh, Schwarzenegger did, and they yep. were all uh, in their gray sweatshirt and sweatpants with a weightlifting belt and a Muscles are pumped up. Yeah, talking about girly man and things like that. But <laughs> yeah. talk about a catchphrase that that pump you up thing was out there for a long time.
0: Yes, it it, it absolutely was. Good one. Good one. boy I thank you. Okay. Um. All right. Number my number eight. Um, this one is is, is, a, is another guy I always really liked. He was probably for around from the mid. 80s, but this character actually did not originate on Saturday Night Live. Uh, this character originated on SCTV. Martin Short was a member of the SCTV cast. You may remember SCTV is kind of a Canadian version of Saturday Night Live. It was a Canadian sketch comedy. Uh, you know, with you know John Candy and Joe Flaherty and Gene Levy, and and also had Martin Short for a year or two in that. And he originated the character of Ed Grimley. I don't know if you remember Ed Grimley or not, but Ed Grimley was this really nerdy guy that would do these he'd, he'd do these like little dances and he he was he was always getting really excited about watching uh, you know, Pat Sajak and, and uh, Wheel <laughs> of Fortune. Like it was like his goal in life was to like get on to Wheel of Fortune uh, because Pat Sajak was his idol. I think another, another word he said a lot was like mental. He said, oh, it would be so mental if I could get on the Wheel of Fortune with Pat Jack," and and, uh, and and it was just kind of those guys that, that, that lived by himself. Yeah, I think he had kind of like a little alfalfa, a little hair thing going on. He did. I was uh, going to mention that, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, you know, Martin, Martin Short is just one of those guys that always makes me laugh. And, and so I had to throw him on there. And Ed Grimley is my most memorable Martin Short character. So he's my number eight. That's
1: good. I remember another one of his things was like, he'd say, I must say. Oh,
0: yeah, right. Good one. Yeah.
1: Kind of add that to the end of whatever sentence he was working
0: uh, on. I must say. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, he was he was always very, you know, very kind of a harmless character, but just, yeah, just really, really manic.
1: Right. Okay, right. here's my uh... – First uh, call back to Will Ferrell, but it won't be the last. And it's right. uh, it's Craig and Ariana, the Spartan Spirit cheerleaders.
0: Yeah. Oh, beautiful! I love those guys. Yeah,
1: they were on 17 episodes, and they really. Uh, Lauren Michael said that, you know, they didn't half-ass that at all. Yeah, they would rehearse, and they really would have to because they had the dance moves going and the cheers and. Well, they really yeah. weren't part of the Spartan spirit. They were right. They were not on the team, but they kept right. on showing up for stuff.
0: They got shown up like, uh, like chess, like chess matches, right? Like there'd be a chess match, and they'd like do these cheers and and yeah, yeah they and and they had way more spirit than the actual real cheerleaders had. But oh, they absolutely. were yeah, yeah. But they just they just didn't have that cheerleader it factor, so they were always being being shunned by them. And I know and, Will Farrell's character always had, I think every time they were on, they made some mention of his hairy back too. That was always that was kind of a recurring thing.
1: <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's more right.
0: research you did than me, but okay. I I just I just remember I think they even worked his hairy back into a cheer one time, so it was. uh Whoa. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, okay, number seven. Uh, is one of my two uh, Eddie Murphy characters. Eddie Murphy is the one guy that I credit with saving Saturday Night Live because Saturday Night Live was really popular in the 70s. And then when the original cast all left, they kind of got replaced with this cast that just didn't quite have it. And they only had one guy that really held the thing together, and it was Eddie Murphy. And Eddie Murphy had a number of great characters. But the one that I have at number seven... Is Mr. Robinson? Do you remember Mr. Robinson? I absolutely do. Yeah, Mr. Mr. Robinson. He was on. He made nine appearances on Saturday Night Live. He was a spoof of Mr. Rogers, and actually, apparently, Fred Rogers actually kind of appreciated uh, Eddie Murphy's spoof of him, and you know, he, he, and uh, so so Eddie Murphy got, got some kudos there from from the the originator. But basically what he would do is he was this guy that lived in a, in a tenement and he was always kind of living kind of like on the outskirts of the law and people were always chasing him down for money and knocking, knocking on his door. And he, and he would kind of like intersperse his, his, his character with these big wide open wide eyed surprise. Like, Oh, who could that be knocking on my door? <laughs> and then he'd go to the door and he'd like say, who the hell is it? And, uh, and so it was just this real kind of like this, uh, had this manic change in character. And he would, he, but he would talk to the camera and he'd talk to the kids and he'd introduce different words. And some of the words that he introduced as Mr. Robinson were, were scumbucket. Uh, he also teaches the, the kids the word entrepreneur. When police come knocking at the door, uh, he takes his items and escapes through the fire, fireplace because basically he was, he was like out stealing things. And he called, he basically called being, being a thief, being an entrepreneur. Nice. Um, so, um, and I think one time he might've even been in prison and he escaped. So it was his word of the day that that day was escape. But he was, so he was, he was trying to be educational, but you know, he was kind of educational for the, for the urban crowd. <laughs> so, well done. Eh? So, so yeah, I, I love, love Eddie Murphy and so many different things, but yeah, Mr. Robinson, I thought was a great character.
1: Okay, here is my oldest uh, uh, addition to the list, and it is Lisa Loopner and Todd DeLuca, also known yeah. as The Nerds, played by yeah. Bill Murray and Gilda
0: Radner. That was a great, that was a great, uh, great character, yeah.
1: Yep, and they were there. Um, Bill Murray wore his uh, shirt button all the way to the top, and his hair was kind of greasy, and... And Lisa Lukner had like these black cat eye glasses, yeah, sweater, and and Todd would always make fun of Lisa for not having any any breasts and stuff. He says, "Oh, you got some, oh, you just some mosquito bites down there." Yeah, and he would make some kind of bad joke, and and Lisa would say, "That's so funny, I forgot to laugh." And, they,
0: and so, yeah, and they'd have some some kind of like real snorty laugh too, right?
1: Yeah, and that was kind of their big, their big uh, catchphrase too. They were yeah. on thirteen episodes. I would have thought it was more than that, but that's what it was.
0: Yeah, that's so all the nerds. They, they and they they call their their then they have they the name for their refrigerator too. Was well, it was the Norge? Could <laughs> have I, I I think I think I remember that they were you when know, they give some other fridge they go they they just called the Norge. I kind of remember that, but. No, that was, a, that was that, that's a good one. Yeah, we
1: never really knew Todd's last name, but it's reported to be DeLuca, but we only knew that it was Lisa Loopner because a lot of times Todd would say, hello, Mrs. Lupner.
0: Yeah. So that's <laughs> how we Jane figured Cur- that out. Jane Curtin was Mrs. Loopner, right? Do we Jane ever C- see her? I thought I thought Jane Curtin was Mrs. Loopner, but I, I don't well, know if I could be wrong.
1: It couldn't have been anybody else back then, so yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay, well, my number six. I think we alluded to this guy uh, in our intro. One appearance. This guy was only in one Saturday Night Live episode, but what a memorable episode it was. His name is Gene Frankel. Do you do you remember Gene Frankel?
1: Not only do I remember him, he is also my
0: number six. Okay, well, we can we can talk about Gene Frankel, I guess. Uh, together here.
1: Yeah, go ahead. Uh,
0: okay, Gene Frankel was the cowbell player uh, for Blue Oyster Cult in the in the classic cowbell episode where where uh, uh, Christopher Walken comes. Out. And I also went with almost went with Christopher Walken as the memorable character here too, because he was almost almost as funny as, as Will Will Ferrell was in that. But you know they were they were recording. Uh, don't fear the reaper the song. Everyone knows. And, and Will Farrell was the cowbell player. And, and, you know, and they, they'd start the, they'd start the song and they'd get, they get into it about 20 seconds and, and Christopher Walken come out and says, no, no, man, I need more of that cowbell. We got to explore this <laughs> space. And he'd come out and, and Will Farrell was saying, you know, yeah, I think, you know, we don't do have enough songs that, you know, feature the cowbell. And, the thing about that that uh, that sketch is that you know what? Before I ever saw that sketch, you know, I'd heard Fear, I'd heard "Fear the Reaper," you know, a hundred times at least. Never noticed the cowbell in it at all, but ever since that, I cannot hear that song without hearing the cowbell every single time. Yeah,
1: well, Will Farrell had said that uh, the reason that he wrote that sketch is because. He he did notice the cowbell and he just wanted to go like like what is this guy's life like? You know, <laughs> he, he plays the cowbell and one song, you know. what is that what would that be like? Yep. And so he made him a star. And sure did. Frankel is not the name of the guy who played Cowbell and Blue Ocean Cop. That was completely made up.
0: Yes. Yep. <laughs> you know, and, and and the sad part of that that whole episode is that at the end they, 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 it was dedicated in memoriam to Gene Frankel because apparently Gene Frankel had died even though there was no such person as Gene Frankel. Huh. Yeah. Well, I'll be So that's pretty amazing yeah.
1: that we both put him in there and I can't believe that they only, he was only on there one time.
0: Why would they have not have brought him back? You, you'd, you'd think as successful as he was. You know, and it was, it was another one of those things. I, I love it when, you know, when guys are so funny that they break up the you know the rest oh. of their cast because you know you could see that that uh, you know jimmy fallon and and uh, uh chris Kattan and all those guys they just they couldn't hold it in because will Ferrell was so damn funny in that he had you know he had his gut hanging out and he was just he was just way into it and yep. uh, yeah oh yeah it's it's just amazingly funny
1: and another thing i read about that was you remember when they did it like the his shirt was riding up on him you know so, his gun yeah. was hanging out. When they did rehearsals, he, he did not wear that shirt. He just wore, like, a regular shirt that didn't come off. <laughs> so, he threw that at those guys at the last minute.
0: Oh, brilliant. Absolutely Good brilliant. Stuff. All
1: right. Okay. All right. We, it's our first agreement of the season. Um, what have you got at number five?
0: At number five, I'm going back into the Eddie Murphy well. Uh, you know, I'm looking through this. He is the only cast member that that appears twice on my list. Uh, and at number five, I'm Gumby. Damn it! Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I just re- remember the first time I saw that when he comes out. And you know, because we all, I think we all saw Gumby. I mean, those of us that grew up in the seventies, we remember seeing Gumby. I was this early claymation figure and he had his little orange horse pokey and it was i don't i couldn't tell you anything about any of those gumby episodes except that it was just some kind of weird claymation and then in some saturday night live skit they say yeah we got this old he, he was basically introduced before he came on as like this old uh, guy you you know he used to be in entertainment he's trying to make a comeback and here out comes walking Eddie Murphy. He's got his face in this big Gumby suit. His face has all got green makeup on
1: mm-hmm. and he's
0: smoking a big cigar. And he's just this kind of like this crass, rude, you know, guy that, you know, he was playing, you always played the Gumby role, but Gumby, the person was just this kind of like this jackass and, you know, and he had the big, the big mitts on his hand where he, where he had uh, it was just like a thumb, and then like a big <laughs> mitten, and where he would hold his cigar, and yeah. you know, and I know you'll remember this. Back in college, in when in the winter, in the middle of winter, I had a pair of green mittens, these green fur-lined mittens. We named those things gumby gloves. <laughs> you remember the gumby gloves?
1: I do. Oh yeah.
0: Yep. All right. So, we, we had, I actually had clothing that was inspired by the Eddie Murphy character of Gumby, damn it.
1: Beautiful. Beautiful. All right. Oh, you did okay. eight sketches,
0: by the way. I had that.
1: Yep. Um, okay. My number five is the least humorous of all the recurring characters, um, but that's because they weren't going for last. And it's uh, the Blues Brothers. Jake oh. and Elwood, uh, yep. played by Dan Aykroyd and John Belushi, and they—they they, they might be the biggest, most ex- well. I guess I can't say that one of the most successful uh, offshoots from a Saturday Night Live character. I mean, they yeah, went they, on and did the movie. Yeah. They were like—they were like a serious recording artist. They they recorded albums. I think yep. their songs hit the charts. I mean, they were kind They're of good. a big deal. They brought that. Kind of music uh, to the attention of a, a group of people that otherwise would have not been familiar with that music at all.
0: Yeah, no, I, I agree. And they had, uh, yeah, they had legitimate uh, blues musicians behind them in the band. Uh, uh, and you know, I don't I don't know how how much musical acuity that Dan Aykroyd had, but John Belushi was was actually pretty damn good. He had a uh, he, he, I thought he was a really good singer, you know, legitimately so. Um, you know, and, 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 you know, quite honestly, I think that the movie was, was pretty damn funny, too. It was.
1: And right. on, the, on Saturday Night Live, but not in the movies, our good buddy Paul Schaefer was part of that band. And yeah. if you don't know who Paul Schaefer is, then you never watched Dave Letterman and shame on you.
0: I, I, watched, I watched many, many episodes of David Letterman, so I, I, I know who he is. <laughs>
1: okay. Well, I wasn't talking to you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm talking to somebody else.
0: Okay. okay. All, of, all of our fans out there. All right. All right. Number four. I'm going to throw a name. Okay, you threw a name out at me earlier, and you asked if, I, if it rang a bell and who, who it was. Uh, you yeah. know, Tommy
1: Flanagan or
0: whatever. I'm going to throw yeah. one out at you, if you remember who this guy was. Erwin Mainway. Irwin you remember Mainway. Irwin Mainway?
1: He wasn't the Bassomatic guy, was he?
0: You're very close. He was played by Dan Aykroyd, and uh, he was the he was a guy that he he, he represented a toy company that was being investigated by uh you know candace bergen was like this consumer reporter kind of before she was murphy brown it was kind of a murphy brown character that she was playing and she was investigating a toy company that erwin mainway represented and basically the toys that he would he would come out and and try and defend were things like uh pretty peggy ear piercing set mr skin grafter general tron secret police confession kit uh Johnny Switchblade, and then one of the greatest ones was Bag of Glass. He said, he said <laughs> "All right, well, you know, we'd like to show you another one of Mr. Manway's products. It retails for one ninety-eight. It's called Bag of Glass. Oh yeah, yeah, right. It's, you know, you know, it's glass. It's broken glass. You know, it uh, it sells very well. As a matter of fact, uh, you know, the, the kids love it. You know, the average kid, he picks up, you know, broken glass anywhere. Well, you know, we're just giving the kids what he likes, and it's it's actually, it's all part of our our main." bag o line they said you know we got bag of glass bag of nails bag of bugs bag of vipers bag of sulfuric acid the kids love it you know so (laughs) and i I think it's just yeah it was was a a character that dan Aykroyd delivered perfectly i think it may i i think he was in more than one episode i know that the, the one that i remember the best was that one with Candace Bergen where he kind of like talks about all these just really awful toys that, you know, they're basically just crap that he picks up at the dump and markets them as toys. But, uh,
1: I remember that now. And I, I did not remember that until you mentioned that though, but
0: yeah, that is worthy.
1: Yes. All right. Erwin. I feel like you're, uh, you're doing deep dives here. and I'm just picking a low hanging fruit, but uh, I like what I like, so yeah. now I'm going to go with uh, Wayne Campbell and Garth Algar
0: uh, okay.
1: from uh, the basement show in Illinois of Wayne's World, played the by World. Mike Myers and Dana Carvey. Yeah. They, were, they were on 20 episodes, wow. and Wayne was kind of the leader, Garth was kind of the moron uh, sidekick. They did a couple of movies, and it was excellent stuff. Party on, Wayne. Party on, yeah.
0: Garth. <laughs> uh, yeah, and they had what, you know, uh, you know there was always like hot chicks were called what, like excellent babes or something. like that. They Yep. Had, they, they had some like. Swing. Swing, yep, some standard phrases, but 20 episodes. That, that's got to be close to a record, isn't it?
1: It's the um, highest number on my list.
0: Uh, yeah. Do a I, I don't have any, Yeah. I don't have anything like that on, on mine either. So, uh, so yeah, well done. Wayne and Garth. Good one.
1: Yep. Good.
0: Okay. Number three. Now we're getting serious. Number three. Number, this is another one of the more recent ones. Actually, this guy, he's probably a little more recent actually than the ladies man. Uh, not played by one of the regular cast members, but play, played by a guy who was a guest on on many, he was a guest star on many uh, Saturday Night Live episodes, played by uh, um, oh, what the hell? Alec, uh, Al, you know, the guy with the brothers. What the hell is his name? Alec Guinness? No.
1: I mean, Alec Baldwin? Oh,
0: you want to know. Alec Baldwin. Alec Baldwin. Played by Alec Baldwin. And there's a guy by the name of Pete Schweddy. Do you remember yeah. Pete Shwedy? Oh, yeah. Okay. Pete Schweddy. Pete Schweddy was this guy. He worked for a meatpacking company. And he would go on a show, a recurring, a recurring show called The Delicious Dish. Now, The Delicious Dish was hosted by uh, Molly Shannon and, and Anna Gasteyer. And they were, the, it was like a PB or a, like an NPR show where they would speak in these very soft tones and they'd have a guest, he company, talk about some of his latest products. Well, two of, but Shwetty's Meat Company, they were really proud of these two products. And in one episode, he brought on his Shwetty Balls. And yep. so, so he brought it, he brought some of his Shwetty Balls for the, for the women to taste and they would. You know, and they, so they, they said, oh, they're, they're really good. Oh, they're kind of salty, aren't they? Oh, I love your sweaty balls. I love putting people, people can't wait to get, my... yeah, yeah. What's that? I thought you say,
1: people can't wait to get my sweaty balls in their mouth.
0: Yeah. You know, and, and so it was just, you know, it was just the perfect, like verbal gags, you know, one after the other. And so then, like the next time he was on, it was it was so successful they brought him back for another time. And this time, instead of sweaty balls, it was a sweaty wiener. And so <laughs> he's saying, "Oh yeah, well this time I brought my sweaty wiener for your girls' taste." And and so one of them said, "Oh, I just can't wait to get that your sweaty wiener in my mouth." And it's like, "Oh God, she's gagging on it!" Like she was just trying to take the whole wiener in her mouth. So. Uh... I I'm. I'm not. I might be mistaken, but I think that was all double entendre. I don't think it was really meant to be uh, actual uh, meatballs and, and sausages. But uh, I could. I could be <laughs> wrong.
1: Well, I don't know. It was funny.
0: Yeah. But you're right. So I don't sure.
1: know. Alec Baldwin. He, does he hold the record for most guest host appearances? I know him and Steve Martin were going back and forth, and, he and Steve, Steve Martin to try and murder him so he could have the record.
0: I think Tom Hanks has a lot too, but yeah, it's, it's those, those, I think those three are like the top three.
1: Yeah. That's good stuff. So. Okay. My number three is, uh, it Will Ferrell and Daryl Hammond, who probably most people don't even remember Daryl Hammond. He didn't have that many memorable characters, but he did play Sean Connery uh. on Jeopardy. <laughs> against Will Farrell's Alex Trebek, which was oh, yeah. awesome, and Connery would continually be making fun of Trebek and jokes about his mother, and they would write Final Jeopardy, and it would be like, he'd the answer, would be like a drawing of a penis or something like that, <laughs> and uh, it was, it was just, it was like Trebek would be so flustered and try and keep it together while Connery was just pouring it on and pouring it on and uh that skit aired 14 different times yeah and sometimes it would be a celebrity jeopardy like so sean connery would be on with burt reynolds who was another i great loved the burt reynolds
0: character
1: too yep burt reynolds was a moron um so it was good stuff but, but it was always connery versus trebek and those were the best ones
0: Okay, I think that may you may have rated that one a bit too low from from my end of things. So I might I might come back to that in a bit. All righty. Okay. Um, my number two. Uh, is from uh, a guy. I'm surprised we haven't talked about this guy yet. I think he was he was one of the all time funniest. Just funniest people that was on a, a saturday night live cast and it's uh chris farley chris farley you may remember a character he played called matt foley motivational speaker Mm-hmm. and and matt i forget foley, where he lives george where do you live well let me tell you he lived in a van down by the river
1: and now oh, that's what it to,
0: was Talk about catchphrases. That was another huge catchphrase that, that caught on for a while. Um, yeah, his, his trademark line was warning his audience that he could end up like himself, being 35 years old, eating a steady diet of government cheese, three times divorced, and living in a van down by the river. <laughs> and, uh, you know, that was his, that was his big point. He also liked, you know, Lottie Frickin' Da was another uh, phrase that he would. You know, if somebody would, like, challenge him on something, he'd say, oh, well, laddie, he freaking died. He'd do do these little sight gags where he would, like, lift his glasses up and, and, you know, up and down real fast. So, like, he'd say, you know, I don't see real well, but, you know, this is that William Shakespeare over there on the couch? I don't know. I don't see. And uh, and he'd do these things where he'd get, like, right in the person's face. And the very first time they did it, they had uh, David Spade, and Christine, Christina Applegate was a guest on this one, and they were they were playing like teenage brothers and sisters who got caught smoking dope. So their parents hired Matt Foley to come and, and talk to them. And I guess in the dress rehearsal, they, you know, that Chris Farley would do a lot of a lot of these things. You know, the thing with the glasses, and he'd get right in their face. So they were kind of prepared for that. But the one thing that he saved until till it aired. Was he would do this thing, and he kind of was kind of a recurring thing where he would like hitch up his pants, and he'd like absolutely, put his, yeah, Yep. And he'd stuff his pants front and the back, and he'd, he'd he'd run run his hands, you know, from the front to back a lot. And when he do it, he, when he started doing that, David Spade freaking lost it, and just just could not look at the camera and barely finish, even finish the scene, and it was so damn funny.
1: I love how you're setting these things up and knocking them down. I couldn't wait for you to be done, so I could talk about how he's always hitching his pants up. But you were saving that, George. Well Uh, done.
0: uh, I was saving it just like Chris Farley did.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, that's pretty good, George. But I think you've got him rated a little bit too low.
0: Oh, number two. Okay.
1: So I can tell you, Mike. Well, people at home could do the math, but he is my number one. All yeah. time favorite Saturday Night Live character, and yeah. do you know that was only he? Was, um, Matt Foley was only on eight times.
0: Yeah, yep.
1: Okay, I, I'm, so I'm back to one. me, back to me for number two. Yeah, and I kind of, I kind of took the Weasley way out because I couldn't decide. Uh, you had talked about two of these guys already, so I'm just gonna go for just being, having prolific, uh, great characters. I put in Eddie Murphy in the number two slot because not only was he Mr. Robinson and Gumby that you talked about, yeah. but he had Buckwheat
0: and Buckley. James Brown. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God, James Brown. I completely forgot about James Brown. Oh, my God. He's hot
1: in a hot tub.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> and you'll recall that we... uh. We had a when we were in college again. We had like a pro football pick'em pool, and the award for winning the pool was a James Brown album that we had bought. So that entire yep. thing was called the Run for James Brown.
0: The Run for James Brown. And I think we we got got into James Brown because of Eddie Murphy, didn't wasn't it? I think absolutely. Was, yeah, yeah, he was the inspiration for all of that.
1: Yep. So, um, yep. I, so I. You probably did it right by splitting up, but I couldn't do it because he's just too damn good, and I couldn't put him on there four times, so I kind of just added them all up. Now, you had already talked about Mr. Robbins was on nine, and Gumby was on eight. I yep. couldn't find out how many times James Brown, but Buckwheat was on 11 times.
0: So wow. he was the leader
1: <laughs> of all that. Yeah,
0: And but, if you don't know who Buckwheat.
1: Buckwheat is, he was a character on The Little Rascals, and The Little Rascals was made in a time when maybe uh, America wasn't so racially enlightened. And, yeah, probably. And, and Buckwheat was, well, you know, he's a 1930s uh, view of a, an African-American. So yeah. it was pretty rough back then. And uh, it was just, you know, that Good. was funny back then. But I think Murphy kind of made it funny again.
0: Eddie, Eddie brought him to life and was, yeah, and yeah, and remember Buckwheat, it was like Buckwheat would sing, and he'd sing, like, present, current songs, and it was like, uns ties V-Times, it made it. Right?
1: I think he even re- released a album, like a towel
0: record they advertised. Yeah, something, yeah, I think so, Buckwheat sings. Yep. Well, yep. all right. Well, I think that takes us to number one. And I think mm-hmm. we kind of already know, but you know, I had one specifically as Sean Connery. I mean, I, I kind of had Alex Trebek in my honorable mentions. Uh, I thought Sean Connery just makes me laugh every single time. Daryl Hammond, I think, might be the best impersonator that Saturday Night Live ever had because I thought his Bill Clinton and his Al Gore were also equally as good. But, True. True. I just love the way Sean Connery would just like always, always rip into Alex Trebek, and and you know, and to Will Ferrell's credit, he played you know the Alex Trebek was clearly the straight man of the set, and he played him just beautifully, but you know, just Sean Connery was just just such, such an asshole, and he was so damn funny.
1: Yep, yeah. and if you asked nine out of, nine out of ten people, would not be able. to, Identify that Daryl Hammond played him. I don't know that yeah. I could
0: have. Yeah, he Daryl Hammond. I don't think got enough credit for as as good as he was at impersonating. I think when when he wasn't impersonating anyone, I don't think he really was that memorable. I think I think what he did was impersonate people, but he was he was probably the best one I think that Saturday Night Live ever had.
1: Oh yeah, very good.
0: All right, yeah. George, that
1: was pretty good work there. We uh, yeah. matched like one and two, we were close on, and uh, yeah, well, one and my one and three were your one and two just flip flop. Anyway, it was all good stuff. Uh, lots to choose from. I had, I think I started with like a list of eighteen that I had to pare down. Yeah, and uh, we,
0: yeah, I mean, there's there's a few here on my honorable mention list that didn't even come up. You know, I mean, I'll just say them real quick. But you know, Roseanne, Rosanna Dana. Yeah. Never met. the the church lady never got mentioned. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know the the drunk brothers, you know the the wild and crazy guys. Yeah. Uh, Ch- uh, Chico Escuela baseball been very very good to me.
1: Well, you're going back uh, to the original cast, okay.
0: Yeah. And uh so so yeah there were some some really good memorable characters that didn't even crack the top 10. So I think this this was a good one to go through.
1: These guys were never seriously considered for my top 10, but I found this interesting. You remember the the cartoon of the ambiguously gay duo? Oh, yeah. You know, Ace and Gary? Ace and Gary. Do you have any, do you remember who did their voices? This was shocking to me. I know Steve
0: Carell was one of them.
1: Yep, he was. Steve Carell and Stephen Colbert.
0: Okay. Yeah. Right.
1: So I think that was—I don't know what year that was—but I think that was before they started to get big time. I just oh, yeah, thought those that was in, pretty
0: funny that
1: those two worked together.
0: Yeah, that was that was in the '90s. When yeah. Yeah. And then and then okay. they were both on the Daily Show together, right? So. Yeah.
1: Must. Yeah. Right. You're right. That's how Carol yeah.
0: kind of got discovered. Yeah.
1: Yeah. All right, my man. That was excellent work. Um, This has been George and Keith's Musings. Keep listening to us. If you have suggestions or criticisms, we prefer suggestions. But you can uh, (laughs) reach us at gkmusings at yahoo.com. And until next week, uh, this is Keith and George. And uh, well done, George, with the Saturday Night Live stuff.
0: All right. I agree. We'll talk to you again.
1: All right. Take care.
0: Okay.